0: play some hockey Tonight. energetic, passionate and savvy. Gooch live. Brought to you by the good people at the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the Gooch welcome to another episode of gooch live brought to you by those good people at the hockey news and of course sports illustrated and you heard about uh the opening scene passionate We've got two guys that are very passionate. They're going to help us out today. We've got Stephen Ellis coming up from the Hockey News. And, of course, Pat Flatley, you know him as a captain of the New York Islanders. We're going to talk a little bit about his career. And, of course, what has he thought of the uh, the playoffs so far? And, of course, tonight could be an elimination game. And we'll ask him how he feels that will turn out. Listen, uh, we've had a great week of, uh, of hockey. We've talked a lot about the fact that Montreal is on the brink of elimination. Do they have any magic left? We're going to see that. They're making some change. uh, And we'll talk to uh, Stephen Ellis about that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Ellis in Montreal, covering Montreal versus Tampa. What's going on?
1: Well, I gotta say the city is happy. They're excited. They're having a good time. So it's it's fun that everything's going so well, despite the series not going so well.
0: Well, maybe that's the reason why uh, Jordan, our producer, is still in Montreal. They're having so much fun, and who wouldn't? Uh, even though he's not going to the game tonight, or maybe he will. Maybe he'll shell out that uh, what thirty or forty grand just to get a ticket. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we can afford. Not on my budget. Hey, listen. I know you've only got a few minutes. You're obviously in a hotel room trying to get everything figured out for tonight's game thank you for joining us for a few minutes of course you know right after you comes pat flatley and you know uh his uh career have you ever been to saint hubert
1: yeah, unbelievable I, I went for the first time it was just okay it was just okay it wasn't a, wasn't, you, wasn't crazy about it did you do the poutine no, I don't like I hate gravy so I couldn't do it.
0: Well, that's the, that's that's the reason. Had you done the poutine you would have fallen in love. Listen, Dusharma obviously is making some changes. Talk to me about that. What do you think?
1: Well, uh, the the one big one, obviously, being Jake Evans coming in, Jesper Kakaniemi coming out. Uh, I actually don't mind that. I know a lot of people have been kind of saying, like, this is stupid, but Kakaniemi hasn't really done a lot in this series. And there's a reason he didn't start the regular – or the playoffs despite playing the entire season beforehand. So this is a guy that just – you know, he's still young. There's still a lot for him to learn, and this is his first really big playoff run. So uh, I I don't think that uh, (laughs) – I, I, I don't think that that is that big of a deal. Uh, the big one there being that Romanov is going to be in, and uh, John Merrill and Gustafson are out. Brett Kulak's also in. Uh, I thought those two played some of the worst hockey I've seen out of a defense pairing in quite a long time, and it was—I wouldn't have put them together before that game, and after the game, it's like you've it just proved it. Why? It's two guys that just really struggle in a lot of areas playing together. It didn't work. So I think Montreal's got a solid lineup, but again, I, the one thing I got to say about Romanov is. I've watched this guy play for four or five years. Um, I'm not totally convinced he's anything more than the third-pairing defenseman, but you know what? He, he, that's what he's going to be playing tonight. We'll see how it works because this is a guy that loves to play physical, and he could be the, the physical shutdown guy they need.
0: Alright, really uh, really quickly I want to go through some of the things, obviously unforced errors Montreal has committed a bunch obviously turning into great scoring chances and goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Kucherov uh, if he's not going to be Con uh, Smythe, he's certainly uh, the number two when it comes down to it, but it's really, they solved Vasilevsky to a degree what do they have to do tonight in the first period they're not going to win it, you know, right off the bat they got to, you know, break it down in inter- increments. That first period the way they came out you were there live along with Jordan they didn't seem to get a jump right off the bat and then after the in the first intermission I thought they would get a pickup but they came out you know obviously very disjointed again uh uh, giving up two goals in that first four minutes what do they have to do tonight in that first five minutes to set the stage for obviously extending this series
1: well the Canadians they play best when they're the better team in the first five minutes. And they set the tone and forced the other team to chase because we saw it against Toronto. We saw it against Vegas. We saw it against Winnipeg. If they score early, it really works out in their favor. Um, problem is it's you're still playing against Tampa Bay. And, and from a lot of people I've talked to and even some people that are voting on the Smythe, a lot of them are leaning toward Vasilevsky. And the thing is, Kier Price has not outplayed Vasilevsky. And that was the one thing where at least Montreal could keep close. And so far, Montreal is not winning that battle. So the goaltending really needs to be better here. Like it wasn't all Price's fault, but the fact that he was allowed back-to-back goals to start the first and second period, put that team down really a tough spot. There was no question to me, no matter what he was going to play, I'm shocked. They didn't pull him after the fourth goal though, uh, because they still weren't totally out of it at that point because Montreal was playing. Okay. They just kind of had some bad goals and bad bounces. So uh, there's a, they just—it's easy to say they just got to play better, but this is one where they just can't keep giving Tampa Bay these freebies. It's yeah. Montreal has been able to hold up with Tampa Bay at five and five. It's these passes behind the net or these just just total floaters that go nowhere that really hurts this team.
0: Yeah. All right, Stephen. I know you got to get back to work. We will have you on if it's a, if it's over. Maybe we can get you on tomorrow for a few minutes and tell us exactly what went on and why. If it's continuing, maybe we can get you on Wednesday to. Breakdown Game Five, and I hope we certainly have that opportunity. Thanks, Stephen, all the way from Montreal, ice hockey. Obviously, the hockey news, and of course, Sports Illustrated. Absolutely. Enjoy. One
1: last, one last thing. I got to go go karting yesterday. Yeah, it was nice to be able to do something. Alex Tagliani, the the former IndyCar driver, current NASCAR driver, owns a track. Best experience I've had in a long time.
0: There's a hockey guy doing some racing. I love it.
1: Yeah. See you guys.
0: Stephen Ellis. Hey, listen, uh, this next guest, really excited to have him on. I popped into him uh, in uh, the bottom line, obviously, Wayne Cowley. Uh, I've I've always loved Pat Flatley, and when I had an opportunity to get him on, I said we had to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, a first-round draft pick, number 21 overall uh, by the New York Islanders, the captain, Pat Flatley.
2: Hey, Kirk, how you doing?
0: Flats, what's going on? I can call you Flats, right?
2: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 100%.
0: Hey, listen, I like the brick wall behind you because obviously (laughs) Vasilevsky has (laughs) been a certain part of that. Yeah. Certainly not Wayne Cowley, let's be honest. Uh, It was great to see at the bottom line. I know you're a big supporter of Wayne and all that he's done there, but I'll tell you what, Pat, getting you on and having a chance to talk a little bit about hockey then when you played and now and uh, getting obviously your expert opinion on where the playoffs are right now. Talk to us a little bit about your career. Obviously, you went through the University of Wisconsin. uh, Then you played a full year with the Canadian national team. A lot of people don't remember that. Like, remember we even had that Program, yeah. And then, of course, getting with the New York Calendars and ending up uh, eventually being the captain of one of uh, an iconic franchise. Ladies and gentlemen, Pat. Platton.
2: Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah, the uh, the national team program was was a great experience. And, you know, we were all drafted at the time. So many guys on that team, James Patrick, uh, to name one. So we had to make a choice to, you know, you could turn pro or you could take your chances and you might get hurt and you know with the national team and and wait for the olympics but it was the best decision we we all agree that we ever made uh, we got the barnstorm through canada through the united states went to saskatoon battle creek michigan visited russia visited all over the world you know trying to drum up interest in our team and in the olympics in the hockey at the olympics so just a, a fantastic experience and then uh, that ended in February after the Olympics, and then right into the Islanders for the playoff run to the finals, which we sadly lost. Uh, it was the Oilers' time. Gretzky had not yet won a cup, and uh, that was the year that I think that he could not be stopped. You know, we, you know, people like to say, "Oh, you know, people didn't really try to hit Gretzky." Well, I can, I can tell you, we had a lot of guys trying to hit Gretzky. He's just unhittable. You know. We have lots of Hall of Famers on that team that were trying to hit him and we could not and we could not control him. And, you know, they went on to beat us in five games. And I I will mention, though, I do feel slightly I I am still slightly annoyed. I'm 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 over the fact that I, I do believe we got beat by a better team. But that two at home, three on the road, two at home, that's that's an unfair program. And I'm glad the National Hockey League, you know, got rid of it.
0: Yeah, no question. Listen, obviously, Flats, you played with a lot of great people. You know, I I was looking at the roster on that first year. Uh, The assistant coach Butch Goring. I actually went to his uh, hockey school. Believe it or not, he, even though I'm the same age, he was having a hockey school. Uh, I think it was his father running it. He was there. Uh, but listen, Brent Sutter, John Tannelli, Dennis Potvin, Brian Trotche, Pat LaFontaine, and then you. This was just a, a list of the goal scorers. Bobby Bourne. Uh, man, the list goes on. Billy Smith is a goaltender. Uh, Kelly Rudy, I think I see on here too. My- oh, yeah. What a- what a great opportunity. Talk to us a little bit about then and now, obviously, the way players are. Obviously, that was a really tight-knit family uh, on the aisle. Talk to us a little bit about what it was like playing with all these legends. You now, of course, being the captain when you were the captain uh, and what you do after uh, after your career has been absolutely amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think on Long Island, I still think they're a very close team. and. Uh, because of the fact that it's an island it's a small community and the Islanders are very prominent there and but I you know I think it's the same in in most cities in the league uh, you know st Louis and they were a close team and I think it's harder to be a close team in Toronto it's harder to be a close team in in certain cities because there's so many distractions because you're the number one. You know, the number one team, I, w- I would say, whereas in the U.S., generally, you're the third or fourth team in the city. You know, like for us, if you weren't winning, you know, you're on the back page of the sports section because they got the Knicks, the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, the Jets. They got broad- They got a lot of stuff that can go in front of you. So it kind of motivated you to, you know, to want to get some, you know, move up the pages in the paper. But I think in general, from what I can see, being around the Islanders a little bit is that nothing much has changed. I think veterans are continue to be very generous with their time and offer as much vice, advice as, you know, the kids are willing to take in. And, you know, I think there were, there were cocky kids then, and there's probably cocky kids now that think they know everything and don't want to listen. And that's, that's not a good idea, you know, cause that's, that's going to hurt you in the end. But, I, is, is, I don't think it's changed that much, to be honest. With you.
0: Well, flats. So obviously, you watched them bow out to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who were up four nothing, uh, three nothing. Oops, a little bit of a slip there. Up three nothing against the Montreal Canadiens. There are some. I've been watching the Twitter and the tweets and all those fancy social media platforms, and a lot of people are saying, "Wow, would not that have been a great final with the Islanders and, and Tampa Bay. was kind of anticlimactic. Uh, I thought the Montreal Canadiens would be uh, do a little bit better." Uh, you watch that series. Why did why did they bow out to the Tampa Bay Lightning? They had a couple of opportunities. There's no question to to knock them off. But is Tampa Bay just that good?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like for sure. Like I think for the Islanders to beat Tampa Bay, you know, they need like I think if, if both teams are at their 100 percent best. I I mean, I don't, I, you know, you have probably the top defenseman in the league, uh, the top forward in the league. So you need a lot of things to go right in order to beat that team and uh, you need them to be less than perfect. And uh, the Islanders, I think what we've seen so far in the Habs series really demonstrates just how good the Islanders are to, you know, they, they took Tampa to the limit every game except for that one, the one blowout. but. It's they're a good model. Like all their forwards can, they can all skate. Like so, the D are big and mean. So it's a it's a good model for sure. Like when they when they turn the puck over in the neutral zone, I mean they're they're right in your grill like in a second.
0: So, Flats, you being the captain of the New York Islanders at one point, uh, you're you're in a series like this. Let's say, obviously, Shea Weber. We all feel, uh, you know, great that he's got to the finals and. Carrie price who would love them some people would love to see them win a Stanley Cup what's Shea weber as the captain tonight what is he saying to the boys they're down 3 nothing everybody's written them off again it's us against the world ducharme's making some changes but what's going to be said inside that dressing room tonight as they play game 4 in montreal
2: yeah i, I don't think there'll be there won't be much to be said to be honest so i think you know leadership is 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 not one person you know any captain would tell you that it, it's a it's a group effort with some of the senior guys in the club, and sometimes there's a younger guy that can assume the mantle of leadership for the for the younger tier of the team. And you know, with with Corey Perry and Shea Weber and Carey Price, and I think I think they've they've done such an admirable job to get to this point. And you know, i I do believe they're gonna they're gonna get a W tonight. I just I think that the young guys they, they're gonna they're gonna step up tonight in a big way. And uh, I think you know, and they and they're gonna they're gonna want to do it for those older players. <laughs>
0: Hey, Flats, we've had uh, some good times together. I've, I've been at a bunch of charity events. You're always so, so personal. You're always out there. Talk to me a little bit about the young kids then on the Montreal Canadiens, because you were there. You were playing on a team with a bunch of veterans. You were 20. Uh, I didn't realize Pat Lafontaine was only 19, but, yeah. you know, you had Bossy at 27. You had Dennis Plotman at 30, uh, as that, you know, the Coldfield and the Suzuki, who have Got them to this stage. They're a little bit, I would say, in, in this uh, final right now. It, you as that young guy, what were guys like Bossy and Tonelli, what were they telling you as you go into this elimination game?
2: Yeah, well, very confident uh, for sure that if we're going to win. Um, and uh, all really mostly just watching them, you know, they the calmness of their preparation, like as a like like early when I like I'd be dressed a half hour before a warm up squeezing you know back then we had the wood sticks but I'd be squeezing my stick into sawdust with I'd be I'd be burning probably too much intensity uh, prior to warm up prior to the game and whereas there was a cool confidence amongst the veterans and I think you know the younger guys in the halves will see that from Corey Perry and Shea and the older fellows today and they'll feed off that and they'll they'll conserve their juice And knowing that, you know, if we do what we what we are supposed to do and everyone does their job, you know, we got a good chance to win this game tonight. So let's go.
0: Yeah. Matthew Meiser, all the way from Argentina. I love that you join us all the time. Uh, The Habs are not done. The ice was slanted and now it will tip the other way. One thing I want to ask you, because you've been there, you felt the the emotion that goes through you. You're back home. 3,500 fans in the, obviously in the Bell Centre, sounds like 20,000 fans in a normal rink. They came out in game uh, three. They just didn't, it, they didn't have that urgency. It just didn't look like these guys were prepared. Obviously, Drew Charm and the coaching uh, coming back in. Talk to us a little bit about maybe the nerves were too much, and then they got back into the game, and during that first intermission, I thought in the second intermission, second period, they would just come a gun a-blazing, and we saw what happened. Tell us what goes through the coaching staff right now what do they got to say yeah. or do they even have to say anything well i
2: think this is a time of intuition and uh i believe for coaching staff generally i, I you know i was fortunate enough to have al arbor as a coach for 10 years so I, I think of some of the things that he is that he did you know during games or during practice that were you know, like social media today would be talking about it for years. Like he would, he would start with a 5D, uh, like that would be the starting lineup. Or during the game, he would put a D on a left. Like he, would, whoever was going, was gonna get played, and it didn't matter. And it would, it would kind of throw off the other team, and it would also give uh, calm our team down in a sense. And like knowing that anything is possible, and um, like. Like I, it's hard to explain other than um, it does, I think it shocks the other team a little bit. They're like, what the hell is going on? And it gives your team, it lightens up your club. And, you know, then everything will move back to normal eventually. But it is, it's a bit of a shocker. And I think, you know, from what I can see, like I think the Habs have changed some lines from what I hear for tonight, which I think is a great, great idea. Because as I said, those are the, those are the little shockers that you need, right? Because guys, even though you're on the same team, if you haven't played on the same line with a guy for a few, like, you're so excited to play on this new line. You know, you don't want to disappoint these guys. And so a good point. you just fire up with a little more juice. So, like, Anderson's going to play, I think, from what I understand with Suzuki and Confield. Uh, so he's going to be fired up. Like, he's going to want to, like, carry the ball for these guys and create some opportunities. And, and the same with boy who's ever moving around, they're going to feel this new responsibility to their new lineman they previously didn't have. And it's. I think it adds, it just adds a little more juice to the tank.
0: And that Montreal Canadian team needs a good game from Josh Anderson. He's been there. They've seen it present. We need some offense, out of him. Before I let you go, obviously I need to know a prediction tonight. Do you want to just throw out a score? Do you think it's Montreal taking this one handily or is it going to be a tight one? Or do they lose it?
2: I think... Uh... Three one Habs.
0: All right. Listen, I, I would be remiss not to ask you. We sell see Kelly Rudy on on the program every night. He's in our our living rooms. Uh, he played with Billy Smith in that year that you came up. They almost played the same amount of games. We all know the reputation of Billy Smith. Is Kelly Rudy such a nice guy? Like he is he as nice as we see on TV? <laughs>
2: you really like to be I like I had uh, Mario Goslin as a goaltender. In, uh, <laughs> oh boy, that's with the with the national team and and then and then in, in college I had a couple of a couple of beauties as well. And so when I got to the honors you had Smitty and but Kelly was probably the first normal goaltender that I met. And uh, he is as advertised, he's a genuinely good guy's good guy who is you know the goalies they see the game more better than anybody and Kelly has has a keen eye for the game and he was always available if you needed to ask him some questions about like, hey, what do you think about this goaltender? What do you think about this defense? Like he knew not only about the other team's goaltenders, but about their players, their forwards, their D, and he he was a good source of information and a fantastic fella.
0: Well, one of the nice guys also is Pat Flatley. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out with us. Look forward to getting to sit down and eat some chicken wings with you uh, in the future at Cali's as this thing opens up. And we're going to be doing some live shows there. He's asked us to come down and pretend that we uh, we are the show that everybody wants to be on. So we look forward to having you as one of our guests as we're drinking uh, a Heineken and maybe a couple of chicken wings.
2: I like it. I love it, Kerry. And uh, great job. And uh, thanks for the invitation.
0: No, thank you. All right. There he is, Patrick Flatley. You heard it first right here. 3 1. The halves take it down, and that is a guarantee. <laughs>
2: see you flats all right take care
0: well he was a captain so he's almost like mark messier so we got to buy into that one that uh he's guaranteeing a victory tonight hey listen somebody that was actually at game three uh is our uh producer who's still in montreal i guess they're just you know having some fun in montreal probably hitting the golf ball probably going i hope he's not going to shape free i don't think he's old enough ladies and gentlemen our producer the man of the hour jordan Hey, Gooch. <laughs> George, How are you? what is going on out there?
3: Um, you know, we're doing pretty well here in Montreal. Uh, we were at the cottage for a couple of days. Now we're back in Montreal, just uh, getting ready for tonight. I mean, the people here are still excited, and uh, it's a great atmosphere to be in. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: Well, you still have the playoff beard on, which is really cool and thinking that they're going to go further. Uh, we will do after this tonight, after tonight's game, whether it's a winner or a loss, you'll be coming on really quickly just to do kind of a wrap up. Hopefully we're going to game five. That would be fantastic to continue this on. If not, uh, we'll just break it down really quickly. And then what we'd like to do maybe tomorrow afternoon, if you're back or you relaxed, we can maybe do or maybe we leave it till Wednesday. I'd love to get a really good perspective. You got great pictures. You got some videos. Kind of take 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 a cool look at what just went on for Montreal. Win or lose, I'll tell you what, we all got to be proud of what the Canadians did. And I'll tell you what, complete compliment and tip our hats off to Tampa Bay Lightning. They are as good as what is advertised. Love to hear your thoughts because you were there right front and center.
3: Yeah, and you know, the the, like the fan base, they're they're kind of taking this with a grain of salt. I mean, when you finish 18th place in the regular season, it's kind of tough to you know go into into the finals with with full kind of confidence. But uh, a lot of the fans here, they they still think Montreal has a chance, even like me three down a series. There's only been a small handful of teams that've tried been able to even tie up the series. I don't think there's any that would be able to come back from a three zero deficit. So Uh, Tonight's game is probably just as important as the the last one, if not more so.
0: So sorry buddy I clicked the wrong button so talk to me a little bit about the the atmosphere right now obviously you're at game game uh, three it it started out electric obviously they got down early then it came back and you know I think halfway through the first or close to the end of the first you know they got a a goal they went into that first intermission they came out got two quick ones against them that ebb and flow must have been crazy but by the end of the game they were were just as loud as they were at the beginning of the game Uh, talk talk Walk us through that.
3: Yeah, so like right off the bat, like the place was nuts. I mean, they, they said they had thirty five hundred in the arena, but it looked a lot more like five thousand. Um, but you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. But uh, the the game was really up and down. I mean, the, and the crowd went along with it when Philip De scored right at the end of the first period. The, the place was rocking, and it, all, it carried through the the intermission as well. And but coming out in the second period with Tampa Bay, quickly back up uh, by a couple goals, uh, it, it almost took the life out of the building. Uh, it, it, like it's one of the craziest hockey games I've ever been to or even seen. Like it, just in terms of how the momentum uh, shifted so many times, and it looked like neither team really had an edge until Tampa Bay just kind of just pulled it out and almost almost survived Montreal's attack.
0: Yeah. Hey, listen, Matthew Meisner, all the way from Argentina, even after the playoffs are done, it's still hockey season out here. Make sure you keep on doing the shows. We'll be announcing, once Jordan gets back, we are announcing our schedule for the summer. We're already making some changes, but Matthew, we're not going anywhere. Uh, we may take a couple less shows a week so we can concentrate on our golf game, uh, but we're certainly not going anywhere. There's lots to go on. There's the expansion draft, of course, the draft and a bunch of other great things that we're going to be talking about as we go forward. All right. To end this, of course, I, I just want to ask you tonight, obviously the Montreal Canadians have made some changes. You've made reference to some of those changes. Uh, your thoughts on it. Do you think what he's doing is, th- did he need to do that? Uh, or it, it, do you think this is going to bring some life to the Montreal Canadians?
3: Yeah. I, I honestly think it should have been done before game three. Um, you know, like the, the biggest, the two biggest changes, I guess, I guess three are a in for sorry, coconut out for Jake Evans and, Gustafson and Merrill out for uh, Brett Kulak and Romanov, so I, I think on the back end, you're like Gustafson and Merrill just looked t- terrible. this series, Steven Ellis said it like the worst defensive performance he's seen in the playoff series. I don't know about that, but it's still like, it, 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 like they're, they're, they're almost liabilities out there. And in a team like Tampa Bay, you can't really have that. And for Cogan like yes, he's the second uh, goal, leading goal scorer for the Habs. Uh, but he hasn't done anything in the last in this series, or I don't even think that, like the last series. He had uh, probably sixty percent of his goals against Toronto in, the, in that series. But yep. looking at more at the lines, like it, it, it just looks like a more balanced team. Like they they have a true first and second line now, whereas in the past they kind of tried to balance it all out. So maybe having this two line system, having that uh, Dano sorry not Dano uh, Byron Evans Leckin line as their kind of shutdown line. It could work out. I mean, at this point, why not try anything?
0: Hey, listen, I like the move from Anderson uh, with Cofield-Suzuki. Uh, to Fully just didn't seem comfortable on that line during this uh, series. And I really feel, and you can say it, Josh Anderson, uh, the first game, he was throwing his weight around. He's, he's He's been snake-bitten. He just hasn't been able to lift his offensive game. But I'll tell you what, with those two young bucks, if he can't pop a few goals tonight, uh, he'll certainly keep the uh, ice open for those two. Hey, finally, of yeah. course, uh, I want to hear a prediction from you tonight. Do you think... Montreal, I, actually,
3: I, I just want to touch on Anderson quickly. Um, like yeah. I, 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 think this, this this could take his game to the next level. I mean, uh, Tyler Foley, he, he's not the best skater in the in the world. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, he's not bad, but he, he's not doesn't have the same speed as Caulfield and Suzuki do. And I think Anderson can keep up with those guys. So I, I think he's gonna have a lot more chances tonight.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100. Uh, obviously, a, a prediction for tonight.
3: Um, uh, that's tough. I'm gonna go i oh, was two, one two, two, three, two Montreal. All right, 3-2.
0: I'm going to go 4-2 Montreal with an empty netter. Hey, listen, some sad news as we leave you. I'm going to let you say the, uh, gold, the goaltender's name. I ju- I heard about his passing, but more importantly, I've just read how he passed. I'll tell you what. I've been in Europe, ladies and gentlemen. I've been at New Year's Eve. One, actually, uh, there was a rocket shot and hit my wife in the chest on the right-hand side, or shoulder, sorry, on the right-hand side. It is... It is scary how people disrespect the fact of fireworks. Please talk to us about this.
3: Yeah, so Matisse Kivlenkins, um, he, he was on the, he was in the Columbus Blue Jackets system. Uh, he's played a total of eight NHL games over about a two-three year span. Uh, he Spent most of this year in the taxi squad, gone a couple games this year as well. But he passed away uh, in Latvia, where he's from, from blunt force trauma of the fireworks incident. Um, everyone's releasing statements and it's, it's been a real sad day in the hockey world. Uh, we, we, we wish the best for his family and hope the Columbus Blue Jackets are can, actually can read, can rebound from this and kind of get, get back in and make sure everyone's doing well from this. <laughs>
0: Well, all of our condolences from the entire Gooch Live production team. Uh, we're thinking of him him and his family, uh, and it's a sad tragedy that just doesn't, there's no place for this in, in the world. We have to really take a look at it. The last couple of days, the fireworks here have been absolutely crazy. Keep me up until 2 o'clock in the morning, believe it or not. And you know me, I have a tough time sleeping in the first place. All right, Jordan, enjoy tonight. Take it easy. We'll see you tomorrow, and we'll be announcing all the great things you and I and the whole Gooch Live production team have in store for you. Jordan, thank you for uh, bringing this in live from Montreal. Thanks, Gooch. Okay, buddy. Hey, listen, what a great show. Obviously, having Steve Ellis tell us his perspective. Then we got the captain of the uh, New York Islanders, Pat Flatley, uh, you know, over 700 games in the National Hockey League. He was one of the best. I'll tell you what What he did for that organization was absolutely fantastic. And, of course, then Jordan bringing, uh, closing it out and letting us know what went on in Montreal and what will go on uh, for the next couple of days. We will shut this down. Tonight, right after the game, please join us. Gooch Live, Jordan will be joining me. We'll talk about the experience in Montreal, the after effect. Hopefully the Montreal Canadiens can take it to the next game in game five and we can really enjoy an opportunity of seeing more ice hockey and not seeing that Stanley Cup presented to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Though you'd love to see it in Stamkos' hand, but not tonight. Not this one time. All right. Thank you for joining Gooch Live. Don't forget, check us out on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, oops, and, of course, all the other platforms. You can also see us on a podcast. Thank you from Gooch Live, brought to you by the good people, the hockey news, and, of course, Sports Illustrated. Good night. Go ahead.
2: You've been listening to Gooch Live with your host, Kerry Goulet, better known as the Gooch, brought to you by the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated.